Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Mike Wallace is here is an unflinching look at the legendary reporter who interrogated the 20th century's biggest figures over his 50 years on the air and his aggressive reporting style and showmanship that redefined what America came to expect from broadcasters, unearthing decades of never-before-seen footage from the 60 Minutes vault. The film explores what drove and plagued Mike Wallace, whose storied career was entwined with the evolution of journalism itself. And we're joined today by the director of the film, Mike Wallace is here, and that is Avi Belkin. Avi, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. The film is is just such a wonderful look back on someone who I personally spent a lot of time watching and admiring as someone who could sit in a room with somebody who, whether they be a good person or a suspected of not being a good person, he could seem to bore down on them in a way that uh, got to the heart of who they were or what the subject was. Um, Tell me a little bit about where you first came across Mike Wallace. Well, this movie started like almost like three years ago, I think. And I was living in Tel Aviv back then. And I'm Israeli. This was before Trump got elected, but it was already after Spotlight won the Oscar. So it was very much in debate already, the state of journalism. And I was kind of obsessing about the question of how did we get here? How did journalism found itself at this tipping point? And I always find myself kind of attracted to Genesis stories. Uh, I was a history major in school, and I always like uh, to tell a story from the beginning. I always feel like at the end of the day, we live today in a situation where it's almost like an iceberg, where you only see the top of it, but you never see underneath it. And nobody knows a lot of the phenomena that we live in society culturally and how they came to be. So I was kind of looking for a story that I can tell the broadcast journalism story through it, the evolution, the genesis story of that. And I started doing research. Every time you start doing a documentary, you're starting researching the subject. And while I was researching, I kept bumping into Mike Wallace interviews all the time. And I was like, Jesus, this guy's everywhere. And I researched a little bit about Mike, and I found out he had an unparalleled you know, career in journalism over 60 years. And it was kind of like a, a zelig point in evolution story. And I had this idea of doing a Mike Wallace portrait. And through that portrait, I can tell, you know, obviously the broadcast journalism story. So I bought a plane ticket and came to America. Yeah. One of the great things about the film, Mike Wallace is here, is he is around for really the beginning of news journalism on television. He, there were other people who sort of defined it at the beginning. I would look at Edward R. Murrow and Walter Cronkite and others who sort of were the face of, of broadcast journalism. But Mike Wallace predates all of them in a whole nother realm of television, which I was not familiar with, as that of a pitch man. Did you know about that going into, or you must have come across that in your research, well, this is something I, I I didn't know anything about. 
was news to me as well. I mean, and the two biggest discoveries for me in this film that I made while I was researching him and going through the archives was the first one was the fact that you were just mentioning, the fact that he came from an unorthodox, uh, I would say, background for a journalist. He mm. was a pitch man, an actor. He was a jack of all trades. Yeah. He did everything. He did game shows. And those days shaped him into the entertainment entertainer that he was, but also gave him the tools for the profession later on when he becomes a serious journalist to be in front of the camera, to know how to dramatically tell a story. So that background, which will become kind of his chip on his shoulder for the rest of his life, it will be an insecurity issue with him, would also be his biggest strength, because that was the driving force behind his relentless effort to show everybody that he is a serious journalist. But also, you know, his skills was shaped in those days. Yeah. So we got to remember that Mike started uh, basically the early days of television. And television changed journalism in a way that a lot of people don't really understand because journalism became a, a much more uh, entertaining event because you had to compete with people for their, you know, attention span. You wanted them to watch the show. And Mike was perfectly suited for that time and for that change, because he has all those, you know, actor and credentials of being in front of the camera, and also the ability to be an amazing journalist and an interviewer. So that was the, f the first and biggest rediscovery that I made about his past. And the second biggest discovery was about his personal life, and that is that Mike suffered from depression for decades. And again, that was shocking for me. You have this guy who is this tough guy, almost like a John Wayne character, who is unflinching and, you know, unfazed. And suddenly you discover that he's insecure and that he has depression. And you even discover in the film that he tried to commit suicide. And that was also, again, just shocking for me to discover about him. Yeah, I, I absolutely. Um, going back to the very early days of, of uh, broadcast journalism, and as I described, you had... Edward R. Murrow, Walter Cronkite, Eric Severide, uh, there were a whole slew of them that are considered uh, to be these sort of uh, um, Mount Rushmore of, of uh, broadcast journalism. But also keep, I mean, I'm, as I'm saying that, I, Edward R. Murrow also did fluffy interviews with, you know, Liberace and Marilyn Monroe on, on his program. So that yeah, there was a now. Yeah, there, yes, yeah, and so there were there were elements of this, but Mike Wallace really came out of as you described it. He was hosting game shows. He was pitching cigarettes and and ladies uh, beauty project products and things that when you look at him now, it's just hard to yeah. believe that he did that. But to your point, and I think you're absolutely right, and they do you make the point in the film that. Uh, when he first arrived at CBS, it, he was, uh, in a manner of speaking, shunned, and it it seemed to have really left a mark on him. So let's go back, sort of the beginning of Mike when Mike Wallace was sort of brought into the newsroom. Um, there's uh, was for our listeners, he was brought in as a correspondent. Do I have that correct? Yeah. I'm trying to remember yeah. exactly. Yeah. So we for. For Mike's transition into news, we gotta go back to an, you know the inciting event of that and to the most dramatic event in his life. And we're talking about 1962 now. Mm -hmm. 1963 is when Mike started working at CBS as a reporter, but 1962 is when an event happened that made him change his career path. 
And that was that his son, who was 19 years old back then, flew to Greece and disappeared. And for weeks, they haven't heard from him. And Mike, being the you know, ultimate investigator, decided to go and look for him. And while he was in Greece looking for his son, he found his buddy uh, lying on the bottom of a cliff where he fell, supposedly. And that was obviously, uh, I don't know if I can think about a more horrifying thing that can happen to a person. And that moment was for Mike like a wake-up call. I mean, we always talk about Mike being the master of the tough question. But what people don't understand is that he asked those tough questions of himself as well. And I always felt like that moment for Mike was a moment where he turned that tough question on himself. And that tough question to himself was, what are you doing with your life? Up till then, he was a pitch man. He was a commercial guy. He was an actor. Uh, but he always wanted to do news. But he always kind of felt like he doesn't have enough credentials or that they don't make enough money, whatever the reason was. And that moment, the tragedy that hit him with his son made him stop and say, this is not what you're meant to be. You're meant to do something else with your life. And this is where he decided to quit all the other jobs and just focus on you. And then in 1963, he went into CBS and became a correspondent. Just, you know, reporting stuff from the bottom of the of the barrel, I would say. Yeah. And when he came into CBS, people looked down upon him. Like those other generations looked at him like he wasn't, he didn't pay his due. Yeah, so he started doing more and more around CBS. Uh, it, he had this background was the show called Nightbeat, where he did interviews with all kinds of different people. So he was, even though, he, as you say, was you know at this point in '62, he started really to kind of bear down on on what his career path would be. But he was a seasoned interviewer by the time he arrived at CBS. Oh yeah, he was a seasoned interviewer, and again, he was a seasoned cameraman performer. Right. Which again, you, you talked about Moro doing uh, television and obviously Cronkite did television as well, but they were both uncomfortable in front of the television. Right. And you can see it. And Mike was uh, a natural. He he grew up with the TV camera. He grew up performing and acting in the public's eye. And so for him, the transition was much better. And again, he was much more suited for the new journalism tree that focused on broadcast journalism, the way it was shaped. But if we're talking about that uh, Moro interviews in the early days with Marilyn Monroe and the other people, those were very fluff interviews. They were like, and then I sang, and then I wrote. They were very much uh, publicity interviews where Moro didn't ask any tough question. Right. Uh, and, and But Mike, in 1956, with Nightbeat, he revolutionized the interview where he started asking abrasive, tough question and really demanded answers from the people sitting across from him. And that show was revolutionary, and that show, in a way, you're right, kind of shaped the, the future Mike Wallace. But that show was only two years, and after that he went back to doing commercials and to basically doing, you know, game shows and stuff like that. So he did, that's exactly why that moment where he finally decided to be a journalist was, he had some background, but he never committed to it. And that commitment came in 63. Yeah. On our minor listeners, we're speaking with Avi Bilkin. He is the director of the film. Mike Wallace is here. The film is opening at the Landmark Theater right off of Pico Boulevard up in Los Angeles today. It will also be rolling out across Southern California starting next week, August 2nd, at the uh, Lemley NoHo Theater, as well as the Lemley Playhouse in 
Pasadena and opening here at the Irvine West Park on August 2nd. You can check it out at Magnolia Pictures is the website for the uh, for the film and uh well, I've sort of skipped over some of the some of the highlights of his career because he was tremendously impactful in his career. He interviewed people like uh, Khomeini, the the president who was who was the man behind the Iranian Revolution in uh, in Iran, Vladimir Putin. There's just so there is a litany of people that he he interviewed that changed the way that America saw these people in in positive ways and in negative ways, based on his ability to really, as I said earlier, to really kind of hone in on things about them and not be afraid to ask them very, very difficult questions and did not flinch when they um, when they reacted uh, poorly to the way he was conducting the interview. He kept going. And uh, I think in some ways he represents the best of what broadcast journalism is about and holding powerful people up to account for what for what they do and what they've done. It's the platform that really changed broadcast journalism that he where he found his voice, and that is 60 Minutes. Um, let's talk a little bit about sort of him becoming part of that team of reporters uh, under the tutelage of Don Hewitt. So let's talk about him joining the or becoming a part of the original correspondence on 60 Minutes. Mike came into CBS in 1963 and obviously worked there as a correspondent. And then in 1968, Don Hewitt had this idea of a news magazine. It was the first news magazine in the history of television in America. And he had this idea of doing basically like a live magazine in television, where you have a few segments and you have short stories. And he wanted Mike to be a part of that. And he told Mike that he will have a chance to do the interviews that he did in Nightbeat. Don knew it was a big fan of Nightbeat. And he took Mike on it. And it was very experimental back then. Nobody thought it was going to be successful or will last more than a season or two. And it just turned out to be an amazing show that ran till this day. It runs over 50 years. And... In that show, Mike really became the household name that we know him today to be. And he became basically the alter ego of Don Hewitt in that show where Don was producing and kind of orchestrating the show and Mike was doing the, the stories and the hard investigative interviews. Yeah, amazing, amazing stuff. There's some great uh, clips in, the, in this film. Mike Wallace is here of his interviews with Ayatollah Khomeini, Richard Nixon, Barbara Streisand, 1980s era Donald Trump. And and so many others, uh, but let's. It's not just a, a film about Mike's career. You mentioned the trauma that he suffered with the uh, death of his son in 1962, but also uh, there's some very frank discussions with his colleagues, particularly Morley Safer, uh, and and others in the film where he we really pull back the curtain on Mike Wall on Mike Wallace. What was it? Was there something in what you saw in in these clips? of Mike and his unguarded moments uh, that either surprised you or reinforced some of the notions that you had about him? How did these sort of uh, a look at, into his into his heart and soul, how did that, uh, what was your perception and uh, your take on, on that part? His vulnerability was really surprising to see. Mike was very vulnerable. He was, again, at the core insecure, which I think created this tension between inside him and created that 
depression element later on in his life. I just feel like in a way Mike was a very complex character that never really opened up completely. Uh, I think Morley says it in the film, and I agree with him 100%. He says that at some point in his life, Mike adopted this character called Mike Wallace, who's going to be a tough guy and no-hold-bars kind of guy, and he played that role his entire life. So when you watch a lot of the interviews that Mike gave, and obviously I watched all of them, <laughs> you see that he's never really letting the guard down. He's never really opening up completely. And I think in many ways, Mike was an, not open to interpretation beyond what he gave you. Mm-hmm. But the movie obviously does it through other you know, means, mm-hmm. through looking at the questions that he asked, which I see as his subconscious uh, kind of appearing in, those, mm-hmm. in the form of a question. I feel like at the end of the day, when you watch the film, you do get a very accurate and full portrait of the man and who he was. I want to emphasize that while it's almost exclusively clips of Mike Wallace and his interactions with other people, there the the way in which you weave this story together, the transitions from one part of his life to another, create this portrait of him, a fully, in my opinion, fully realized portrait of Mike Wallace, what, whatever was available to be seen about Mike Wallace in terms of how guarded he was about himself, um, you get to in this film. You are able to pull back as far as you can possibly go with what we know about Mike in, in, in as a professional, but also as a person. And I, it's just a really wonderful, enjoyable um, viewing experience to watch Mike Wallace is here. You did a fantastic Thank job with, your, with this you. film. Um, uh, before I let you go, uh, in yeah. addition to the fact that the film is coming out on the 26th, uh, I also want to let people know that uh, through the Sundance Channel, you also have another project that I was fortunate enough to see. Uh, no one saw a thing which is coming out, and I, uh, in the last few seconds here, I want to com- compliment you on what a terrific uh, series that is. It's a five-part series. Um just in the broadest kind of way, can you tell us how you came across the, the subject of uh, this remarkable, remarkable film work that you did there? Sure. It, this is a very different story, obviously. It's a story about a small Midwest town in Missouri and how they killed their bully. Yeah. <laughs> they had a grown man bully and the town just decided to kill him. And since then, it's still an open murder case. Nobody in the town is talking and it's just a beautiful case. This story also came to me in Israel, <laughs> the land of ideas. <laughs> and I was just researching, you know, potential stories to do in America because I knew I want to come here and work here. And I just found this little snippet in a paper about, you know, a small town killing the bully. And I was like, I got to meet those people. <laughs> and I just took a plane ticket uh, to Skidmore when I got here and I started shooting it. And two years later, we're here. Wow, that it is something else. Uh, both of these projects, my congratulations to you on both of these projects. Again, it's a five-part series. It begins on Sundance TV on August first, and you really want to check this out as well. It's uh, it is uh, for people who remember Wild Country, uh, the uh, documentary that came out of, uh, last year on Netflix. It reminds me of that. It's nothing is as it appears from your initial what you think you are seeing. Uh, things evolve and unwind, and things happen in this uh, that are are amazing, remarkable, and stunning as well. So, no one saw a thing. It's on uh, coming out through Sundance TV on, on AMC, I believe, 
uh, is yeah. the network it's coming out on. I just wanted to get that in, Avi, because uh, I, I want to, yeah, I, my my pleasure. Again, uh, we're we're talking about Mike Wallace is here. The documentary that's coming out here in Los Angeles on the twenty sixth, as well as uh, keep an eye out for the. Uh, uh, no one saw a thing on uh, on AMC. Thank you very very much for your time today, Thanks Avi. You, man. Thank you, Avi Belkin. Uh, Avi Belkin, the director of the film. Mike Wallace is here. Take care, man. Thank you. Bye bye. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.